0: It's just complex, especially for smaller businesses that are trying to navigate that. I, I get these types of questions all the time from out-of-state businesses just trying to comply, and it's very difficult. I mean, when you think about the different types of taxes, the different thresholds for each tax, they're not the same, it's not uniform. It is very challenging. And then you layer in, you know, the pass-through entities and the entity-level taxes. The income that passes through to individuals or to other entities, it just gets very, very challenging. You are listening to US Tax, a podcast for Australian accountants with US clients.
1: Welcome to U.S. episode 26 of U.S. Tax. This is Heide Robson. In U.S. Update 24, Francis Ellington already gave you a first overview of Californian income tax. In this update, let's drill deeper with Ed Antolin of Valajo Antolin Agarwalcanto, or in short, WAC, in Walnut Creek, California. Just like with federal income tax, you have to distinguish between individual and corporate state income tax. So the first question to Ed Antolin is, What triggers corporate income tax in California? Only physical presence or is there, just like with sales tax, an economic nexus? Here's Ed Antolin of WEC in Walnut Creek, California.
0: Okay, so first, the corporate tax rate is 8.84% in California. It applies to any corporations that are, quote, doing business, In California. So the question is, what does doing business mean? How is that term defined under California law? That term is defined by statute and it also includes an economic nexus threshold. So in 2021, if a corporation had sales sourced to California of about $637,000 or more, then it would be considered to be doing business. In California, if it had real or tangible property in California of about $63,000, then it would be considered doing business in California. Or if it had payroll in California of about $63,000, then it would be viewed to be doing business in California. And these are the 2021 thresholds. These thresholds are adjusted to inflation. So they increase every year. So those are the 2021 amounts, 637,252 to be precise, or 63,726 for property or payroll. And there's also an additional rule, which says if 25% or more of your total sales or 25% of your property, or 25% of your payroll is from California, then you are also doing business as a corporation and you are required to file a return. So those are the economic nexus thresholds for doing business in California. They will increase every year because of the connection of those thresholds to inflation in California. Now, in addition, California will also say that if you are in the state, If you are physically present in the state, say you have an office or a store, you would also be viewed as doing business in California if the value of your office or your employees in California exceed those figures that I gave earlier.
2: Just a very quick comment on what you said. That was my third thing I wanted to ask you about. And that is, I was very unhappy about the economic nexus you listed with respect to 25% of sales. I was very unhappy about that because I had been thinking we are going to be very clever and we're going to place the warehouse in Nevada that doesn't have any income tax, as far as I know. I don't think Nevada has income tax. Nevada is one of the five states that doesn't have... I think there are five states that don't have sales tax. There are five states that don't have sales tax. And I think there are nine states that don't have income tax and Nevada is one of them. So I thought we are going to be very clever and place the warehouse in Nevada and then just sell from there into California. But that will create a doing business in California because it would mean we have more than 25% of our sales in California. And this 25% nexus That applies to both sales tax and income tax, correct?
0: No, it is just a corporate income tax threshold.
2: Okay, good. And if we are trading through an LLC, then the corporate income tax doesn't apply because for an LLC, we are in royalty tax territory, correct?
0: So for LLCs, the way they are taxed depends, they have a choice. They can elect to be taxed as a corporation.
2: 883. Yes.
0: Or... or they can elect to be taxed as a pass-through entity so that they are not itself a taxpayer, but its income passes through to the members of the LLC. Or if it's a single member LLC, so it just has one owner, it can be a disregarded entity so that it is just literally not an entity for income tax purposes. And in that case, it would just be treated as part of its parent, its single shareholder.
2: So if the LLC makes the corporate election and chooses to be treated as a corporation, then of course, the corporate income tax applies in California. If the LLC chooses to be a path through entity, or a single member, or a disregarded entity, then they are not treated as a corporation, then only a franchise tax applies to the um, LLC. And then the members are taxed in California.
0: That's right. The members would receive their share of the LLC's income, but also for purposes of the economic nexus thresholds, they would receive their share of the sales, property, or payroll, and they would use that to determine whether or not the member is doing business in California. So for example, if you have an LLC that has two members, they're both 50% owners, and the LLC has $2 million in sales to California, then each member would be treated as having $1 million of sales to California. That's above the $637,000 threshold in sales.
2: Good. And now let's assume one of the members is a foreign company and one of the members is a non-resident alien then the foreign company would be subject to corporate income tax and the non-resident alien would be subject to individual income tax, correct?
0: Yes, yes.
2: Good. And now coming back to this 25% threshold, you said that only applies to corporate income tax. So that would apply to our foreign corporation, correct? To, For example, to our Australian Propriety Limited. Yes, So that means if we have a two-member LLC where at least one member is an Australian Propriety Limited and they're selling from Nevada into California, then we would have this 25% sales in California nexus as a stumbling block because we would be deemed to be doing business in California and hence would be subject to corporate income tax, even though our warehouse is in Nevada and let's say the LLC is registered in Wyoming Even with all that, we would still be deemed to be doing business in California because 25% of the sales of the um, corporate member is in California, correct?
0: That's right. That's right. So you'd apply those same thresholds of sales, property, or payroll, and the allocated share to each member just flows up, and you treat that member as having those amounts when determining whether they're doing business in California.
2: Okay, good. But the individual member, he is fine, even though let's say he sells 100% of the LLC sales to California, the 25% nexus doesn't apply to him. And hence, he is not deemed to be doing business in California. And hence, he's not subject to individual I- income tax.
0: Not quite right. So a non-California individual, so it could be someone in Nevada, could be someone in Australia is taxable on income from California sources. So for example, if an individual owns a house in California and sells it and has gain, that individual would have income from California sources and would have to file a return and pay tax on the gain from that sale. If that individual is engaged in business, like a member of an LLC that is making sales, then we need to look at the special sourcing rules for non-residents who operate a business within California and without California. They're a bit complex, but in general, we look at the business, we see where it operates, and we apportion that business's income, partially to California, partially to the other states, based on sales. So if 10% of the business's sales are in California, then 10% of the income From that business is California source income and the non-resident, be it in Nevada or in Australia, would have California source income and be required to report that.
2: Okay, so for the individual, it's actually harsher because the uh, Australian Propriety Limited might not pay any tax in California, any corporate income tax in California, as long as Californian sales, are, let's say Californian sales are 22%. So it's below the 25% threshold. So the Australian Propriety Limited wouldn't be paying any corporate income tax in California, but the individual non-resident alien would be paying 22% Would be paying sales. So
0: they would pay income tax based on Ah, their portion of California sales on their California source income. And how do you determine how much of a business's income is from California? It is a ratio of California sales to sales everywhere.
2: So if your sales are below the 25% threshold, then The um, Australian Propriety Limited is actually better off than the Australian Individual because, let's say, if your sales are 22% in California, then the Australian Propriety Limited is not liable for corporate income tax because their portion of sales is below the 25% threshold. Although it's calculated based on sales, we're talking about corporate income tax or income tax in general. However, the individual Australian member has 22% of his sales are in California. So he has to pay individual income tax in California on 22% of his sales. Even though the Australian Propriety Limited doesn't have to pay anything, correct?
0: That is exactly right and very perceptive of you. So, the corporate entity that is a member of an LLC has these much higher thresholds or very high thresholds before it is required to pay the California corporate income tax. Whereas a non resident individual, be it in Nevada or in Australia, has none of those thresholds. If it has $1, of California source income, that would be taxable by California. So one way to think about it is, you have a LLC with two members. One is a corporation, one is an individual. Let's say this LLC had $500,000 of income. So there's $500,000 of income going to the corporation, $500,000 of income going to the non-resident individual. So the first question for the corporation is, do we have
2: so the total sales is one over 25
0: percent, or property over 25 percent, or payroll or over 25 percent, or dollar amounts over those thresholds? 637 thousand dollars in sales, property valued at 63 thousand, or payroll valued at 63 thousand. If we assume that it's just below, let's just assume this corporation is below all of those thresholds, then it is not going to be subject to tax at all in California. It is not doing business in California. But if you're an individual, you don't have those thresholds. If you have $500,000 in income from California, that individual has California source income equal to $500,000 and it has to pay tax in California.
2: Good. So that means if your product is a summer product or you know if if you plan to have a large part of your sales in California, then don't be an individual member of the LLC be a corporate member of the LLC and you're nodding.
0: You're better off being a corporate member because you'll take advantage of those thresholds. And so as long as you're underneath those thresholds for a corporation, you will not be required to file a corporate return.
2: Yes. And sorry to double check, you might already have said this three times and I might cut it out. These thresholds you listed, they are either or.
1: Yes, Um, it is.
2: So if your sales sourced in California exceeds 637,252, then you become liable for corporate income tax. If your real estate exceeds 63,726, you become liable for income tax. Or if your payroll is over 63,000, or if your sales are over 25% in California, if you tick any of these boxes, you become liable for corporate income tax in California.
0: That's right. And I would just Want to make sure I clarify for property, it's real property or tangible property in California over the $63,000 threshold, not just yes. real property. So, so that really means if you, you have, have an six... expensive
2: car, if you buy a Tesla. Yeah, you
0: can have an expensive, if you have a, if you have a fancy Mercedes or a fancy uh, Tesla, yeah, you're Registered over. in
2: California, you have a problem. And It actually makes sense what you're saying, because the individual income tax rates are also, they start with zero. The individual income tax rates in California don't have a single, they start with $1, I think, or $10. They are very, very low. So you start basically paying income tax from the first dollar or the first $10. And hence, of course, the individual member of the LLC also starts paying tax from the first dollar, of course, proportioned to the percentage of Californian sales?
0: Yes, yes. Um, There is a quirky rule in California about the tax rates that apply to individuals. And I think the way it applies, it's been a while since I looked at it, is to determine which rate the individual applies, which tax rate the individual applies. You look at the individual's worldwide income, even the income not in California, and if it is say a million dollars or more, then you would go to the highest rate and then apply that rate to the California source income.
2: Hmm. So you're taxed at your marginal. So you don't right. get
0: the benefit of going through, through the lower tax the different rate levels. If you are a non-resident, you look at total income, figure out what the highest rate would be for that total income, and then apply that to the California source income.
2: Hmm. Good. If the other states do that as well, then you don't get any lower tax brackets.
0: True, unless you're in your state of residence. It's a rule specifically for non-residents.
2: Yes, but if you are overseas and every state was doing this, then you would pay uh, the top margin tax rate from the first or your marginal yeah, rate from the first dollar. which is not
0: because in California, the highest rate for individuals is very high, thirteen percent.
2: And the corporate tax is only eight.
0: Eight point eight four. yeah. And let me add one additional comment about the corporate income tax. So the rate for a C corporation, which is a general corporation in California or in the United States, is 8.84%. But federal and California law allows for a S corporation. So S corporations are kind of like partnerships. Their income for federal tax purposes passes through. For federal income tax purposes, it's not taxed as an entity. But in California, an S-corporation is taxed as an entity and its income passes through and is taxed at the shareholder level. So there's double taxation for S-corps. An S-corp pays a corporate tax rate of 1.5% in California. And then its income also, the same income that is taxed at 1.5% passes through to the shareholders and then they pay tax at their rate in California.
2: And do they get a credit for the tax they paid?
0: No, the not for the 1.5%. Okay.
2: So that means you would have very few S-Corps in California.
0: One would think, but I see them quite frequently. They're, they're used a lot. These days, I would say, don't use an S-Corp, use an LLC. But LLCs are also subject to their entity level tax. So if you have an LLC that's taxed as the a corporation, then you apply the 8.84%. If you have an LLC that is taxed as a partnership, its income passes through to the members of the LLC but California also imposes an entity level tax on LLCs there is there are two taxes one is the $800 minimum tax
2: and that's the franchise tax
0: and then the second is an LLC fee that is imposed on LLCs based on its total income so essentially gross revenue and that fee has a maximum Amount of $11,790 imposed on LLCs. So all LLCs pay these entity level taxes, the $800 minimum tax, and the LLC fee, which is a maximum of $11,790 each year based on total revenue or gross revenue, regardless of whether they are treated as a partnership and its income passes through to the partners or if it is treated as a disregarded entity for income tax purposes, it just always applies to LLCs.
2: But only to Californian registered LLCs, correct? It doesn't apply to out-of-state LLCs, or does it if you pass these thresholds?
0: It does. It applies to any LLC that is doing business in California. And the way you determine whether an LLC is doing business in California is you look to the same rules that apply to corporations. So the 637,000, the 63,000 of property, the 63,000 of sales, or 25%.
2: Okay. Do you mind if we just very quickly go through an example? And so let's say we have a Wyoming LLC with a distribution center in Nevada, and we are selling into California, and our sales to California are 60% or even higher, let's say 60%, then The LLC would pay, let's say, roughly $800 in franchise tax, possibly more, but I think it hits $1,100, so it's not the end of the world. So somewhere around between $800 and $1,100, but let's say $800 franchise tax. Then it pays the LLC fee, which I had never heard about, so I'm really glad you brought that up, because $11,000 starts hurting. That starts being quite a lot. Then we have to look at the members. The Australian Propriety Limited, as one of the members, will be doing business in California because they have more than 25% of sales. So then they pay 8.84% of tax, of corporate income tax. And that's where the bucket stops. The shareholder of this Australian Propriety Limited won't be taxed on individual tax rates in California. The Australian Propriety Limited is the one that pays the Californian corporate income tax, and then it's finished. That's it. So the Australian Propriety Limited pays 8.84% of tax. The individual member pays individual tax rates, and they are in brackets. They start from the first dollar, and I think they go up to 13% or something. 13% 13
0: on income over a million dollars.
2: Yeah, 13.2% they go up to, correct? Or something, right there, I I look it up. I, th- I
0: think it's 13, but it might be 132
2: Yes, good. And then that's it. So even though the owners of this LLC thought they could avoid Californian income tax by staying in Nevada and just shipping into California, that plan didn't actually work. They still have to pay the income tax because they exceeded 25%. If we now do the same example and we say the uh, LLC only sells 22% of their sales into California, then they still pay the franchise tax, they still pay the LLC fee, but the Australian Propriety Limited pays no income tax, no corporate income tax, so saves the 8.84%, but the individual still pays the same tax as before, but of course only apply to 22% of their sales and not apply to 60% of their sales as before. The percentage is calculated based on sales, but then the percentage is actually applied to the net income, correct?
0: That's right. So if it had $50,000 of income, then 66% or 60%, I think in your example, of that income would be apportioned to California. And that would be what the tax is computed on.
2: Yes, but the tax rate would actually be calculated on the full net income income of this LLC as it apportions to this individual member, and then that tax rate would be applied to the 60% or the 22% of of the income.
0: Yes. Yes.
2: Okay, good. And there's basically nothing one can do to avoid this. Sorry, one other thing. How to avoid the LLC fee? The LLC fee is linked to doing business. So as long as you have less of 25% of your sales in California, is the LLC deemed to be doing business in California?
0: It would not. So if the LLC sales, property, and payroll, if all of those are under 25% or underneath the thresholds, the 637000 or 63000 for in sales or 63000 for property or payroll, if the LLC is below those six thresholds and it is not formed under California law then it would not be subject to the LLC fee or the $800 minimum tax.
2: Okay, good. So if the LLC has 24% of its sales to California, and it doesn't exceed $637 of sales in California, it doesn't have real estate, it doesn't have payroll, and it only has 24% of its sales to California, then no franchise tax, no LLC fee, no income tax for the Australian Propriety Limited, but the individuals still would have to pay income tax.
0: That is correct.
2: And that really surprises me. I can imagine there are thousands of foreign individuals selling into California through Amazon, through Shopify, who don't pay any income tax in California. I mean, that thought never entered even my mind. So there would be a, a big tax gap for California because it basically means that anybody who is selling into California would be subject to Californian Income tax, as long as they sell as an individual.
0: That's right. Or a member of a pass through entity like a partnership or LLC.
2: Yeah. You're sure of that? that yeah, that's the case?
0: I'm very confident of that.
2: Yeah. Because that means there would be <laughs> hundreds, thousands, if not millions, of people who are liable for Californian income tax and are not aware of it.
0: Yes. And I think that that's not just the case for foreign sellers. I think it's the case for many. Uh, domestic sellers as well who are not in California and making sales, say through Amazon or you know directly. They're just sending goods into California, or maybe not even goods. Maybe they are licensing software to a California customer, or you know some type of other intangible that could also give rise to California source income.
2: Wow, thank you, Ed. This is um, very. Concerning. It It is. is. I
0: think, as a practical matter, I have not heard of California aggressively going after foreign individuals who are either directly selling into California or through a pass through entity. It's just not something I've seen very much of. They are starting to become more aggressive, though. For example, there is a recent line of cases in California where you had an out of state service provider providing services to a California customer and that customer in California made a payment to the out-of-state service provider. And California has said that the benefit of that service was received in California. That's California source income. And you should have filed a return. And we want you to pay California tax on that California source income, even though the service provider never came into California, never performed services in California. It's a quite aggressive exercise of California's taxing jurisdiction. It's just complex, especially for smaller businesses that are trying to navigate that. I I get these types of questions all the time from out-of-state businesses just Trying to comply, it's very difficult. I mean, when you think about the different types of taxes, the different thresholds for each tax, they're not the same, it's not uniform. It is very challenging. And then you layer in you know, the pass through entities and the entity level taxes, the income that passes through to individuals or to other entities, it just gets very, very challenging.
1: touch briefly on PL 86272 today. This public law plays a very important role when it comes to choosing the location of your warehouse or distribution center. So we will look at it in a lot more detail in a fortnight in update 28. In the next update, update number 27, let's talk about state tax sourcing rules. How do you determine which income is taxable in which state if you sell into California but also into lots of other states? How do you determine what is taxable in California and what is taxable somewhere else? That is the question for next week. Until then, thank you for listening. Bye for now and see you in the next episode.